Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, got a super fun episode today. What do you do with those employees that are in their first 90 days and they're just so-so? Do you commit to this person? Do you send them on their way to find something that they're going to be a better fit at? How do you know? That's what we're doing today on the episode. Guys, if you love the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast, maybe you should be in the Uncharted Veterinary Community. It is a vibrant, fun, engaging, uplifting, useful community where we talk about growing better businesses and growing as leaders and people. As a member, you'll have access to our online school. You can see the workshops and the presentations from our previous conferences. We have our watch parties on Monday night where we watch together uh, previous presentations, things like that. We talk about them. The speaker is generally there to answer questions that you have. It's all about personalized support to make real change at your practice. Coming up, we've got a members-only webinar with the amazing nutritionist, Dr. Jackie Parr, and she's going to be talking about communicating about nutrition with pet owners. It is a webinar for all of our members and for their staff. Those are the types of resources you get with Uncharted. If that sounds like something of interest, check it out, unchartedvet.com. Join the community, see what it's all about. I really think you'll love it. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and my cohort, my colleague, my wingman, Stephanie. You're out of touch. I'm out of time, Goss. <laughs> I love it. How's it going, Andy? It's, I, I'm, I was going to say it's good. It's not good. It's terrible. <laughs> What's I have, I'm so, I'm at the end of my rope. I have a seven-month-old mutt puppy. Who is a he's full into teenage years and he I'm training him, but he is not getting it. And he he did the thing where he's he ran 10 yards away from me and stood there. And I'm like, come on, we have to go record a podcast. I need to go inside. And he just stood there. And then when I would walk towards him, he would just he would call it crazy dog. He would crazy dog, uh-huh. you know, touch his tail between his legs and he runs like a maniac. And he's not coming back. And the more I go to him, the more he runs away. Uh-huh. Still in sight, uh-huh. but just out of reach. Out of reach. And the rage. It, like I haven't felt rage. I would have transformed. If I was Bruce Banner, I would have <laughs> gone. <laughs> like I would have gone full Hulk. I would have thrown a car at that dog. Um and and then and then you get him right and then you get him (laughs) and all your behavior training screams at you and goes don't be mean to him because you're training him negatively that if he gets caught or if he does come to you you should celebrate him finally coming to you so that you can go do your job late (laughs) And I'm just like, my my head is splitting in half. Oh, man. <laughs> but you know what? I, I think it's moments like that where doesn't it, don't you feel for our clients? Like when oh, yeah. we're having these conversations with them about how to, like my favorite is 
how to teach them how to brush their puppy or their kitten's teeth. And they're like, but it's so hard. And we're like, oh, no, you just need to practice. And then we just we don't do it with our own pets because we sit there and we're like, oh, my God, this is so freaking hard. I'm never going to do this again. Like it it really it teaches (laughs) teaches. It's one of those life lessons teaches us empathy for our clients, I think. Oh, 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 so so I've been I've not had a dog. Yeah, since Phoenix passed away. So uh, like two years, I needed I needed some time. And then I was trying to sort of look for the right dog, um, which just didn't obviously did not happen. Um, <laughs> but I didn't have didn't have a dog for two years. And that is when I was the enlightened one about dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like the best parenting advice in the world. Uh, totally comes from people who are not parents. Yeah, they have all of the answers about how you should handle your child in the grocery store. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. The same thing as like, boy, when I didn't have a dog, I could look at you with my legs crossed and my palms turned upward in, my, in a meditative lotus position uh-huh. and tell you about positive reinforcement and patience <laughs> and and low stress training techniques. As sure easy to do when you're not the one whose underwear is getting dragged through the yard. <laughs> oh man. Well, I hope that uh this morning's episode with Skipper doesn't uh, put you off too much from tackling what we got in the mailbag this week. Oh no. If I'm if I'm feisty today, you'll know why. Like I've <laughs> Zero. This is the day that you don't want an HR problem with me. It's like, I bet you're fired. You're all fired. All of you are fired. <laughs> Everyone go home. Oh, you're channeling me. Oh. oh. <laughs> so we got we've got some we've been getting some good ones, and we had a couple that were all about the same topic. And I and I really love these, and I'm excited that we're gonna tackle this one because right. um we've had a couple about what to do with employees who are in their probationary period. And so um, several of the emails were all similar where they've got a new employee, they're still in their probationary period and where they are in their probationary period has varied, but they're in their probationary period. They're having some sort of ongoing check-ins or touch points or sit-downs with them through the probationary period. Um, And there's been two, two real questions that have come out of this. One is kind of what is the process for the probationary period? How often should you be meeting? Are they formal meetings? Are they short and sweet? Are they, do you use forms? Do you not use forms? And so we want to talk about that. And then the other, the other half of it is these are employees that are in the probationary period and they're shaping up that the perception is that they are shaping up so far to be so-so employees. So either things like, they have a lot of confidence, but their skills don't match um, and or they have a lot of skills, but their confidence still doesn't match and they're not jumping in and taking taking things on. Um, lots of mistakes are happening. Um, feelings from other coworkers like these employees are not paying attention to detail and they're not actually getting what their perception of the job is to be done. Um but overall, they're employees who are making some sort of progress. And so the questions were, what did the probationary period look like? And then what do I do with these employees who are still new employees, but are not A plus 
oh my gosh, you're a unicorn straight out of the gate employees. Yep. Cool. First thing I would do is if you're like, oh, thank God they're talking about this. I would refer you back to the very first episode of the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Episode 001. It's called Coach or Move On. And we, um, I think we had, we had Dave Nickel on that episode with us. It's me and you and Dave. And we went into when do you coach somebody and when do you cut them loose? Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at someone in the probationary period, I think that is a fan freaking fantastic episode to look at mm-hmm. and just be like, all right, general high level. When, when can I work with somebody and when can I just not work with them? And so we won't, we won't rehash that today, but if this is really where your head's at, Coach or Move On is uh, episode number one of the podcast, and episode four is how to coach your veterinary team, and so uh, I think Mike Falconer is there with us on that one, so mm-hmm. um, how to coach, so if you're like, oh, we're going to keep this person, coaching stuff is, 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 those are two good episodes that we have, but that's not exactly what we're talking about today, it's just good background mm-hmm. reading. Totally. So you want to start with what I think is the easy part, which is like, what, what's the structure of a probationary period? What does that look like? Yeah, sure. Well, let's, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, Should we be, should we be having regular meetings at a probationary period? Is, is there a structure for a probationary period? Let's be honest. A lot of us are like, you know what? We're just going to, uh, 90 days. And if he doesn't burn the building down, we're going to keep him. And that's as much structure as there is. Stephanie's put her face in her hands. She's rocking back and forth. (laughs) Because it's so true. 100%. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for, (laughs) it's heartbreaking for me as a manager um, to think about, to think about my peers and even myself. Cause I've, 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 I've done it. Like. You're just like, look, if we can just make it to 90 days, like we need a body and it's uh, yeah, fine. Like, it's he can, he can a mirror and we don't think he's an arsonist. Let's keep him. But it's so painful because the answer should be yes, absolutely. There should be structure and yes, it should absolutely be more than just sitting down at the 90 day mark and saying, well. I guess you're going to be a full-time regular employee from now on. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't do anybody any, any good you or your, your employee. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So the simplest version of this is there's competing priorities. You want to have a great employee. And at the same time, I think most of us are feeling pain about we need hands. hmm we need, we need, we need, we need bodies. We need people to help us get this work done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when times are good and you're fully staffed and you've got a great team and a great culture, it's, it's almost like the rich get richer, right? When you're mm-hmm. rich that way, meaning you have a great culture and people are happy and you're, you know, and you're in a great spot. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can be super picky mm-hmm. about who you hire and mm-hmm. you can put them through all sorts of tests and most of us unfortunately don't live in that world all the time and and hopefully you will get to experience that world I want that for all of you most of us are balancing these two things of I do want a great employee 
but I feel pressure to get the work done. And I do not want my other people to burn out. And so that is why this is difficult up front. And I just want to call that out. Yep, for sure. Knowing that that's real, I think that that really underlines why we want to have a structure and program for this probationary period. Because mm-hmm. too many of us are just rolling the dice and like, I hope this works out. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think um, uh, this is where I am going to <laughs> put my own feet to the fire and say, I I feel this. And it's um, it's so, <laughs> the timeliness of this is really funny because I have been in, in that place and I have been struggling with this um, in, in my own practice right now. Um, and it's that that competing, um, competing ideals of like, yes, I would love to, I love teaching and I love educating and I would love to go through a formal training program and have some new employees that I hired. And I really, I love them. And I think that they have so much potential. And at the same time, the summer crazies have been happening and I just need a body. And so a lot of the time, even, even when we have the best of intentions, we shortchange ourselves and we shortchange those employees by just throwing them into the deep end and, and letting them swim. And like, you guys, I, I have a, a formal structure. I have all the forms. I have the whole process. And I'm going to tell you that even when you have all of those things, it, it is still hard um, sometimes to hold yourself accountable. And so if you're sitting there thinking, oh God, I'm one of those people and all I do is sit down with them at the 90 day mark, just know that we all we all do it. We've all done it. And I would challenge any manager who's been managing for any length of time to tell you otherwise. Like it, it happens and you can't beat yourself up over it. All you can do is say, okay, I want to change this and I want to do I want to do better in in the future and, and move forward. So if you're sitting there panicking, Give yourself a little bit of grace because it's hard. It's hard to juggle all of those those things, especially like you said, Andy, when you're in the heat of things and it's busy and crazy. And sometimes you really just need a body and you need someone who can get the bare minimum done. And if they can get the bare minimum done, that's that's great. Right. And the last thing I want to say before we get into this is people are about to hear two conflicting worldviews talk about how to do this. And I think we should say that there's two kinds of managers in the world. There are managers who go, huh, I wonder what forms I should have for this and where I can get them. And there's managers who say, I wonder how I do this well with as few forms as possible. (laughs) And and if you've listened to this podcast for more than, than the amount we've done today, you probably know who is who. And that we look at these things a little a little bit differently. So you may hear some different emphasis between me and Steph, but ultimately I think that you're looking at the Venn diagram of Andy and Stephanie and kind of what is in the middle, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I right. love it. I love it. It's totally, totally true. So so let me let me let me go first, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. and then you can and then you can point out all the things that are wrong because there will be a lot of them. So all right. Very simply, um, when you go into your 90-day period, right, when you make this higher, do not squander this time, okay? This is important time, and it's so easy to squander it because you're like, oh, you know what? We'll do onboarding. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, let's let them get their feet under them first, and then, you know, then we'll really sort of talk to them and, and do some training. And meanwhile, life happens, 
and your clinic is busy and you blink your eyes and 90 days is over. And I think we all know exactly how that goes. And so that is the biggest risk is just good intentions. But my father always said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, And it is. What do I want to accomplish in this period? Right. Start with the end in mind. I, I have two objectives. Number one is get this person up to speed as fast as possible. So I have a highly functioning employee making a difference, not standing around waiting to be told what to do. And so the faster I can get them trained, the faster they can make a significant impact on the workload and on my business. So get them up and get them going. So that's number one. I think we all get that and we see that. Hopefully we see that. Number two is I want to stress test this person because if this isn't working out in 90 days, I, 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 I want to part ways. I do not want this. I do not want to end up in the, in the place where a lot of us end up. And we're at 120 days going, oh, I think this person needs to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, well, I wish you'd figured that out three months ago. And this would have been a heck of a lot easier, you know? And so I want to stress test this person so that I can figure out, are they a fit? You know, everybody's a fit when they're there for their interview. And right. you, you know what I mean? And, and, and there's really not much pressure put to them and they're on their best behavior It's a little bit different when it's battle conditions and the stress is high and we're moving fast there. That's when people will sort of shake apart. If I'm not training people and involving people, I'm not stress testing them. It may be six months, nine months before I really start to figure out how this person works and, Mm -hmm. and, and how they respond and what their bad habits are. And we all have bad habits. Mm -hmm. I want to know them as quickly as possible. And so how do you, how do you do that without, without just feeding them to the wolves? Cause I, I feel like, I feel like we all feel, I, I know I do feel that pressure of like, okay, how do I make the most of this 90 days? I want to see what they're made of. I want to stress test them. Then I want to get a sense of what they're capable of and how they're going to problem solve early on. And I think so many times it's hard to not go to the extreme end of that, which is, mm-hmm. well, I'll just throw them in and see if they sink or swim. Right. So, so how, how do you, how do you find the balance there? Cause that's a, that's a hard balance to find. No, I, I, I'm glad you said that. And that is true because you can go, I, and I'm glad, I don't want anybody to take that away. So I'm glad you called it out. I am not advocating for throwing people to the wolves and say, let's see what they're made of. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. But there's a balance there. There's also coddling people to the point that they um, that they don't show you what you need to see mm-hmm. or they're invisible. And, and I don't mean that the person is hiding. I mean that you're distracted and busy doing other things and no one has come and complained to you. So you assume everything is OK. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm talking about. OK. OK. So, so how do we start to submerge this person, not toss them in, sink or swim, but mm-hmm. submerge them in a way that accomplishes both of those two objectives and gets us where we want to be in 90 days? Start with the end in mind. Where do you want the person to be in 90 days? So for you, what does a base level functioning employee in the role that you have hired for look like? 
I want my person to be there. And so yeah. then we can work, then we work backwards to say, okay, at 70 days, I would like to be here. And at 50 days, I would like to be here. And 30 days, I would like to be here. And these are the skills I would like the person to get. I yeah. like to start off with shadowing, start off with some, you know, get a defined mentor. All mm -hmm. of those things are taking that weight off that person where not throwing them to the wolves, right. getting the supervision they need. And we are starting to submerge them. And it's very quickly, what work do they have the skills to do? Now that they've been trained on these basic things, now there's a function, now they're a functioning member of the team. And we can we can give them the task and watch them do the task. And we can watch their reliability, their attention to detail, you know, their work ethic. We can hopefully see their integrity. You know, we can see those things because they are actively working, but they're still getting mentored and they're still getting trained. I think what happens in a lot of it is, is we get to that very basic thing of anim animal holding. They can hold an animal and we stop. That's it. There's no more advancement down that pathway. And so they are taking some work off your shoulders, but they're not getting up to, to where they need to be to actually make a real difference. And we're also not stressing or stress testing them that as long as they can smile and hold an animal, they're going to get through your 90 days and, and on, and, and you're not going to do anything about them. And so start, start with shadowing, start with mentorship, start with the things that require minimal training. I think animal handling, low stress handling, fear-free handling. Mm -hmm. I think that's the first thing that I'm training for. Uh, for I'm thinking, I'm thinking support, uh, technicians now. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Get them, get them up with animal handling. And we're watching them learn. And then we move on, on past that. You know what I mean? But we have, we need to have some clearly defined checkpoints where we're moving them through. We need to know what skills are important. Um, and, and what skills can be put off to later on. Mm -hmm. And I think what you, you said, um, be, begin with the end in mind. And I think that that is so important. And for, for me, that had a, a lot of the second half of this conversation about, um, where the employee is in, in the probationary period. A lot of that resonated with me from the perspective of start with the end in mind, because I think too often, we set up an onboarding process and we set up a training program that is a 90-day probationary period. You guys, I have never in my entire career met someone, even my A-plus Rockstar employees, who other than a very basic um, after-school kennel attendant type role is is trained and ready to go as a rock star employee in 90 days. The reality is a veterinary assistant role, um, a, uh, a, a advanced veterinary assistant role, certainly a veterinary technician licensure is not capable of happening in 90 days. A CSR, none of those are jobs that you train in 90 days. They're just not. But we yet we we keep setting up these training programs with this idea of a 90 day probationary period in mind. And we just think that we should have a great employee at the end of 90 days. And that is true. We should be able to have a great employee at the end of 90 days, but they're not going to be a great and fully trained, fully functioning employee at the end of 90 days. And so for me, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's something I'm super passionate about because I, I learned it the hard way in my, in my career and I, it makes me really, really frustrated. And so I actually start out 
all of my interview processes when I'm talking to them about the job and about the training and onboarding process. And I tell everybody, I don't expect you to be fully trained at a basic level until you've been here a year. And here are the goals. Here are the levels. Here's what we're going to do to outline it. I expect you to be a basic functioning employee at the end of 90 days. And I have a level one that is associated with that 90 day period. But I do not expect a fully trained, um, capable of running the desk for days at a time by themselves CSR at the end of 90 days. If you do, it is a completely unrealistic goal and you're going to be unhappy every time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that's totally true. So there's, again, it, it's a spectrum. And, and you and I are talking about the middle of the spectrum. And mm-hmm. so one end of the spectrum is you expect this person to be 100% rock star finished, fully trained tech in 90 days. And I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're already licensed. But mm-hmm. even coming in and, and knowing your system and your protocol, mm-hmm. they are not going to be the rock star polished 100% you know, capacity mm-hmm. employee in 90 days. At the same time, the other mistake is hiring a technician, getting a base level assistant, work, you know what I mean, um, actual job out of them and being like, yep, we're done here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot. I mean, and, and this is this is me looking out for my technicians. There's nothing more frustrating, I think, for the techs than I went to tech school. I have a degree, um, I, you know, certification. And now you're treating me like an animal holder and Mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. The answer is, is in between those two things. It's getting them up. It's moving them in that direction while still having realistic expectations. So that said, and those things in mind, I think what I'm really looking for in the 90 day period is progression towards that complete employee. And then, and then, and then fit it's culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's core values and fit and culture, which is, this is, you know, go on, come on. This is the uncharted vet podcast. Of course, we're going to talk about that. That is what we, <laughs> believe in. what we believe in. You're not yep. getting past this hiring conversation without us talking about core values and yeah. the culture that we have mm-hmm. and the fit. Mm-hmm. I have, so I'll give an example of what I mean when I say core value and culture and fit. You're bringing someone into your practice and you're looking at them as a long-term employee. Okay. The things that they can show you up front that will make a difference is, does this person's core values match up with your clinic core values? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, integrity is one of my core values. It is one of the core values for our Uncharted team. Mm-hmm. Um, is is a big deal. Integrity, I always I say integrity above all else. You, you probably heard me say that before. Integrity mm-hmm. above all else. If I have an employee who's in there for 90 days and I see a breach in integrity... That is massive deal for me. Yep. I am um I am freaking out. Um because if they're gonna show you a breach in integrity in the first 90 days, oh buddy, just wait until they've been around for a couple of years and are real comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a breach in integrity. Uh mm-hmm. I have uh we have a an uncharted member. Now you may remember this story, and uh she had hired a new front desk person for her practice, and um the person was coming up on 90 days. And when our friend was working at the front desk, this new employee was talking on the phone with a pet owner and looked at her, our friend, and started making like eye rolling and then mocking, like making faces about the employee or the, the pet owner she was talking mm-hmm. to. 
Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like, you know what I mean? Their core values are, we respect our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we take care of our people. We take care of our clients. Mm-hmm. And if you've got somebody who's been there 60 days and she hangs up the phone and goes, oh, what a bitch. That's, mm-hmm. dude, that's it. That's, that, mm-hmm. you, no, that's, that is, that is a, a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, those are the things that we're looking for. And people go, oh, Andy, really? Seriously? Look. Core values are important. Your culture is important. And you can see those things fairly early on. Again, people are going to be on their best behavior in that first 90 days. If you're right. already seeing these type of cultural things, if you're starting to see any sort of a bullying behavior, if you're starting to see any sort of gossiping behavior, things like that, you need to take those with a significant amount of weight because yep. they will show It's like being on a first date. Somebody shows you something on a first date when they are on their probably best behavior, that's a that makes me real concerned about what's underneath the other layers that will come out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you and I, when we were talking about um, this and talking about how do how do we talk about this, how do we set it up? We talked about the idea of hiring slow and firing fast, right? So I think that becomes a much easier conversation when you have dedicated some time to trying to hire for your core values. And then part of your training process is hopefully the conversations about your core values. And even if you don't have them defined and pretty and hanging on your wall, like these are our words, this is our, this is our mission and vision. It doesn't have to be that. But if you as a team have defined, these are, these are no, no go things for us. Like if you were if you are ridiculing, ridiculing clients or you are, you know, coming out of an exam room frustrated and you're calling clients jerks or assholes or whatever, like that is something that we don't tolerate. If you have established that as part of your core values as a team and you have talked to some of them about it and then you're sitting there with them in the first 90 days at the front desk and they're hanging up with a client and they're like, God, that person was such a jerk and they're eye rolling and, you know, doing doing the things that this em- employee was doing. Like that is an easy conversation to say, you know, I feel like this just is not the right fit. I, you know, we, I have really enjoyed working with you, but we're going to, we're going to move on. Yeah. No, I completely agree. So yeah, that's, I, that's a big deal for me. You look for these breaks from your core values. Um, if this person is not fitting in, um, if you, if the staff, especially if your staff is good, if you have a good team, high functioning teams tend to regulate themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good team and the team says to you, I don't, you know, this is, I don't know if this is working out. You need to hear that and hear that in a big way. Yep. It's amazing how often we don't want to hear what our team is saying because we really want that body. We really want those hands. Uh, ignore your team at your own peril. Mm-hmm. So skill is is hard to hire to to evaluate in ninety days. Mm-hmm. Fit and fit into your culture and fit with your team. That's not. And mm-hmm. they even if they are great, if the team doesn't like them, if they're going to cause culture problems, they're they're not worth it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the um, like you said, fit is is the easier of the two of those things to hire for, but skills are also important. And I think, I think for me, a big part of the conversation is what skills are you trying to test them on? 
-hmm. Like you have to have a realistic training and onboarding program. And if you're expecting a brand new, never worked in a veterinary hospital at the end of 90 days to proficiently be reading cytology slides, like they've worked in a practice for five years, you're setting yourself up to fail and you're setting them up to fail every single time. It's just not going to happen. So you have to be realistic with what skill sets are you evaluating them on during a probationary period. And that's where, for me, begin with the end in mind. Really, you cannot limit yourself to your 90 days. You have to look at what do I want when I have a fully trained employee? What does that look like? And you have to be realistic about the timelines that go along with that. And then you need to stick to... um training them and focusing in that probationary period on the skills that they can acquire. Because if you do that, and they still cannot, um, you know, if you have a, a, a kennel attendant where at the end of 90 days, you go on rounds with them, and there are still patients in their cages without water, that is easy to say, this is a skill that we have said time, you know, we have repeatedly said every pet needs to have food and water at all times. If they can't accomplish that skill at the end of 90 days, it is very easy to say, you know, I think this again, I think this is not working out. This is this is something that is a core function of the job. And we have repeatedly talked about this. We have had check-ins. We have talked about it as we've gone through the probationary period. And I'm I'm sorry, I just can't keep you on. That is a realistic skill to assess them on. You have to you have to set them up for success, not set them up for failure. And unfortunately, I think so many of us get caught in that place of between, I really want someone who's awesome and I want the right fit for my team. And, oh my God, I just need another body. And we throw them to the wolves and we just let it happen. And it and then it happens over and over again. And we sit here and have the conversation of like, gosh, I wonder why this is happening. Right. I think that it is so much more important than that that they learn and improve than it is that they know any specific skill mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so so hear that when i say it i don't i think it's arbitrary what you decide they need to learn in the first 90 days i don't care i would put i would put good low stress fear free handling on that list but um mm-hmm. but there's not I don't have many things that I that I really say this is important I don't care what you put on that list what I care about is one they're not thrown to the wolves two that you're paying close attention to core values and fit in your practice and the inner team dynamics because that is really going to be a big deal mm-hmm. and then number 3 I care that you are training them or they are being trained to do things And when they make mistakes, not if they make mistakes, Mm -hmm. when they make mistakes, they are getting correction. They are getting feedback. They're being told this is a mistake, which is amazing how often people don't say anything. Mm -hmm. We don't say, hey, by the way, this is how we do this here because we don't want to offend them or something. You know, it's like, no, the kindest thing you can do is tell them what they need to know and what they need to do while they're brand new. I know Stephanie's got her hand on her head. Like, it's true. We, the kindest thing you can do for them is tell them when they made a mistake so they can fix it. Okay. When we're training them, when we are giving them feedback, when we are helping them change what they're doing, if they are hearing us and learning, I am happy. If we are give them feedback and they are not changing and learning, 
Guys, that's the other big siren red flag waving for me. Um, if at 90 days they're leaving, the, the water bowls are not being filled in the cages and you've said it to them three times, you need to stop kidding yourself. This person is not going to be coached or they're, or they're not going to be coached in your practice. Maybe you're not reaching them. Mm-hmm. But be honest about what the reality is. We are not reaching this person we are not coaching them. They are not growing here. They are not learning. If you keep that person on, you are going to reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so are they, again, I don't care what the skills are, but I care they're getting better. So the things that I hear again and again from practice owners or practice managers, there's things like, you know, we've got this new person and they're a technician and they're great, but they just keep getting medications wrong. And I'm like, oh, what? What? They get medications. They keep getting medications wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, if they don't know your system and they make a pill counting error and your system catches them, you know what? Like everybody makes mistakes. We're definitely going to talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. A big deal. And thank God you have a system and and there's not, it's not luck that you have a system to catch these things. Mm -hmm. But if they continue to miscount medications, like that, yeah, that's it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that they didn't make a mistake. I'm okay with making mistakes. We're human beings. But if they're not going to change their behavior and get this skill or make sure that this problem doesn't happen again, that's the other big thing you can see in the first 90 days. Mm-hmm. And we often turn a blind eye to it, you know? Yep, for sure. I I think um, the way that I have approached setting this up from a, from a manager perspective, because the other half of this question is like, what, you know, what does, what does it formally look like? What, what paperwork and what stuff do we use? And <laughs> I know you said that's where you and I differ, but I, I agree with what you're saying in real life um, management doing of the things is that I take the job and I look at what, when I have someone who's fully trained, what does that job look like? And then a really easy way to do it um, is is to stoplight your job description. And so I use green light, yellow light, and red light. And I go through the job description. And for me, the red light are, these are things where if someone cannot handle doing this this function of the job, like that's a red flag deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. The yellow light is the stuff that, is going to take probably some additional time and training. It's if mistakes are made and even some minor repeated mistakes are made, I'm okay with that because it's going to take training and it's going to lear- take learning and, and time. And then the green light for me is all the stuff that really does take a lot of time and a lot of skills. And it's going to be a while before they get there. And I categorize it into into those three things. And I actually nerd out and color code Um, the job description. And then for me, those red light things are the things that go at the very front of the training process. And I, I, it's things like, like you said, the animal handling, we don't ever um, scruff patients. We don't ever, um, you know, yank patients around by a leash. We don't ever leave pets in a cage without a water bowl, unless they're NPO. Like it's those things that are, this could 
could or would get you fired if you do these things, those need to go at the forefront of your training process so that people are set up for success from the beginning and they understand what the rules they're playing by are. And then the next chunk of it is your yellow light stuff. It's the stuff that's going to take some training and some skill and you've got to be able to start to put those together but it's going to be an easier process than the long-term skill stuff. And that's your green and that goes into your advanced levels. And so you take those, take those three things and then you highlight your whole job description and you figure out how much of it do I have that's red versus how much do I have that it's green. And then you need to figure out how many levels or how long does this process actually look like and you can geek yourself out with forms from there but it has to start with an easy categorizing process and for me I like to look at it I like to look at it which sounds kind of backwards the going from red to green but for me it's like these are the full stop things what what would I fire somebody for if they can't figure this out in the first 90 days and I don't say that meanly it's that these are things that are core values violations or their core um, animal um, safety and 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 loving animals like you're here for the job these are things that matter to us you would have a color-coded program <laughs> For them to walk through. Uh, the the benefit yes i would yeah the the downside of the forms is that they make us feel warm and fuzzy and we're checking boxes and so we feel safe and we feel like we're doing the job and we feel like we're on top of it but if we don't stop and think about what the heck we actually care about and what we're actually doing you can end up with fully filled out forms and a terrible employee oh, that is sure. wrecking your culture, right? Mm-hmm. The other, the upside to forms is that, so, I mean, so people like me who go, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. This is where I'm trying to go. The forms will help you be accountable to actually having the conversations you need to have as you go, mm-hmm. providing ongoing feedback to the employee, which is mm-hmm. crucial and critical so that you can talk to them about how they're doing and mm-hmm. you can be honest with them about what you see so that they can adjust their behavior mm-hmm. to be successful in your hospital. Meeting with them and giving them honest feedback is the kindest thing you can do. The forms help make sure that you're doing that. If you're filling out the forms then a lot of times you're putting the time in and you're doing the exercise. And so mm-hmm. that's why I say there's two camps. There's camp Andy, which is start with the end in mind, pay attention, give them feedback as they go, you know, watch them, uh, coach them up, encourage them and, and, and lead them into the team and pay attention to culture. And then there's team Stephanie, which is you have your program, you have your color coding, you have your forms, you think about the jobs they have to do and walk them through this thing. The truth is, as I said, the real Yoda maneuver is in the Mm -hmm. middle of the Venn diagram. It's the overlap of I see the vision. I understand my why. I'm paying attention to culture. I'm paying attention to progress. And I have a structure that the uh, employee can understand. I have um, a a system in place that's going to make sure the meetings that should be happening are happening. Mm -hmm. I have some clear metrics I can check myself against to help remove some of the ambiguity that comes along with employee feedback and uh, deciding whether or not this trial period is working out. And so I hope that that is what people have taken away today. 
is the overlap of those two things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add? Yep. I think that the, the answer for me is, look, your process could be as simple or as complicated as you want to make it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's simple or complicated. It matters if you're actually going to do it. Because even if you have a simple program and you don't work the program, it it's not going to, it's not going to work. If you have a complicated one and you don't work the program, it's not going to work. You have to come up with what is going to work for you, what is going to work with your team and what is going to help you help them be successful. And that's how you find the, the happy medium. It can, it can be as individual as you want, but you have to give them something. And so whether you're only sitting down with them 90 days, which I I don't encourage, I think, again, you need to find the middle, but if you meet with them, once a month and then do like an actual formal evaluation at 90 days, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that was, that was one of the questions that was posed was like, look, I've had some check-ins with them, but I feel like I probably should do something official. That's fine. As long as you are giving active feedback as you, as you go along. And I think that's the thing that you said that that's most important. Andy is like, you have to have the conversations and you have to be giving them actual feedback. If you sit down with somebody at 90 days and you're like, yes, nope, this isn't working. It's been real. There's the door. Like, that's not fair to them. You haven't done your job as a manager if that's the conversation that you're having because they should know that that's coming. And if you sit down with somebody and you're like, yep, nope, this is not working. I'm sorry. You you and or someone on your team or a combination of the two haven't done your jobs that you you can't you can't put the responsibility on them failing when you set them up to fail in the first place. Yep. Active ongoing feedback. Absolutely. And I completely agree that it, if they're surprised when they get let go, that's on mm-hmm. me. I haven't mm-hmm. done my job if they're surprised. And the last mm-hmm. thing I'm going to say is I love to turn the table over at the end and I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> what kind of ego do we have to have to bring in an employee and not ask them how they think things are going and mm-hmm. not check in with them and see what we could do better. Yeah. Right. That's it. I mean, seriously. Yeah. If you have an employee and I don't talk to this employee for 90 days and I don't say, Hey, are you getting the support that you need? Are there things that could be made more clear? Are there things that, uh, that you have seen done differently other places? Are there things that, um, are confusing? Then I'm not doing what I can to make that person successful. Right. Like the idea that I have a program and I'm going to give it to the employee and treat them like a robot and an automaton, you know, and put them through my, through my test. And if they make it then good. And if they don't, they don't. That's not how the world works. And you know, it, we are talking about leading people, which means not only do we talk to them, we listen to them. That's the basis of culture. We want them to be successful. We want to support them. We want them to get onboarded. And that means we have to talk to them. This has got to be a two-way street. It's like a marriage. You know, it's like dating. It's not about what I need and what I'm going to get and what I like. At some point, it's about what the other person needs and what they like and what they're going to get. Yeah. And so we can have a program, right? We pay attention to core values. We find the cultural fit and we make sure that people are going to work with our teams. That matters. 
We give ongoing feedback so that people know what is expected. And we watch to see who takes feedback and if they listen and change their behavior. And if they do, we're good. And if they don't, then we're not good. And that's a non-starter. And the last part is we listen to them and we ask them questions so that we can support them so that they can be successful in our practice. Yep. That's my 90-day takeaway. And we have a color-coded program that we that's the fourth step hey yellow lights (laughs) red lights you know what (laughs) what oh we're gonna let me turn the audio off here so she can tell me what she's thinking right now thanks for being here this week i hope you I, i just waved at the microphone like this dog has got me all out of sorts Oh my gosh. (laughs) Have a good week, you guys. See you guys. Bye. And that is our episode. Guys, if you have a question just like this one, uh, but not exactly this one, but something different, but a question that is similar to this in the fact that it is a question, please feel free to email me and Stephanie. We love these questions. We want to tackle them. Shoot us an email at podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. Give us enough background so that we can work and we can know what you're really looking at because, guys, that's when things get interesting. So we're here to help you uh, let us know what's going on. And also, if you have a moment, if you're getting a lot out of the podcast for sure, It would mean the world to me personally if you would take a moment and write an honest review on iTunes. That's how new people find us, and it uh, it just, honestly, let's be honest, it pads my ego, it fluffs my pillows. That's, That's really why I'm asking. Don't tell Steph. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a wonderful day. See you later. Bye.